Relationship 911. Three psychological experts. Dr. Ani, no one person is going to be your everything. Dr. Ken, if that's something you want to pursue, you end things over here with this person before it gets to that level. Future Dr. Adam, FDA. You can sleep with somebody for a year and still never be in a relationship. One radio producer, producer Danny. Danny Lemos is out there and he's eavesdropping <laughs> on people. And your relationship issues. He's doing a great job at keeping you around. See? You I along. love him. Yes. So, I yeah. love him. To say these dates have been really great. I'm not in a place where I really want to be monogamous. I'm seeing other people. That being said. There. Relationship 911. The following program contains advice and statements that are the opinion of the hosts and the hosts alone. It is important to remember that advice given on the show does not constitute therapy and cannot replace the fully contextualized one-on-one therapy experience. Relationship 911. Are you ready? I'm uh, kind of going through this like tantric uh, phase mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. I think you two know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know. No, definitely not. And, uh, You're about very, to find out. It's very sting, so, sting of you. I was... I was uh, Nobody knows who Sting is, which is sad because I love is his he still, music. He's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Not that old. So, so anyway, I was talking to a friend, legit friend, right. who is polyamorous, and he unexpectedly met somebody that he is like wasn't looking for it. They just connected, and he's like, "I'm in my throat and crown chakra." Like as soon as I met, it was just like. Throw eye and crown chakra. What does that mean? Wait, like wait, upper chakras. You're already in a relationship with two other people, and this is a third. No, he, he he's. I don't know how many partners he has, but he does <laughs> have one. All, that's frightening that you don't know. First of all, <laughs> he's he's gorgeous. He's rich. He's uh, he's just a, an amazing person. And but you're holding out. He's um, <laughs> he has somebody that comes on the even days. Whole like, hey, yeah. So. Even. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this person Thursday. that he met that was like out of the blue, immediate. immediate connection, she moved in. Oh. And so he not had, but he broached like, do you guys want to want to meet each other? And Ooh. they said, yeah. And so they uh, met and it went reason? sideways. Uh, no kidding. The The even person... This is not shocking at all. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's delicious. Keep going. The, it's not, it's the, not very tantric. Though. The even person. Um, <laughs> it's not very tantric. Really I mean, that's what that's what he said to me. He's like, I thought it was going to be this great connection of people that love and care for each other. And the even person was like, I can't take this. I think I might hurt myself because. Wow. And he's like, uh, you're entitled to your feelings, but that's emotional manipulation. And it just went totally sideways. And so he was asking me, like, kind of as a psychologist, you know, and I was like, it just sounds like she was doing all the right things, but for the wrong reasons. She was embracing this tantric lifestyle and, and talking the talk, but she, her core was still very fragile on the inside. And I said, I said, I really feel for her because I feel like a younger version of me very much could identify with that person. Um, so he was kind of asking me, you know, what to do. And I'm like, listen, this is an opportunity for her. There's not really a lot that you can do. You have to go. I said, you know, the thing is hanging on to the energy in a relationship. And this is something I've been thinking about for like probably the last year. When something is really good in a relationship, our, our response is to want to hang on to it, is to want to. And it's like trying to hang on to a wave from the ocean. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful wave. You ride it, but it's, you can't hang on to it. It's impossible. I said, there are some people where, you know, right on, right on. Uh, they're, 
they're great surf spots though you know that they give good waves and yeah, yeah, yeah. better than others you know but but you can't hang on to that wave and so we were just kind of like talking this through and um and i i just feel for this but the thing had to do with chakras and so he's like i don't know i haven't come to the, i don't know if he's like a sex addict that became that just found a worldview that elevates his sexual addiction. Mm. You know, like he tries to use his sexuality for good. He's his energy is always in the root chakra. Has he? Has he? He has to like fight. You know, and he's he's not this like he's very smart. He has double degrees from a very like lofty like top tier university on the west coast, and and he's made millions and millions of dollars. Wow. Um, for companies and his own company. So he's, he's like a very high functioning, respectable, ethical guy. He's taken an oath of truth. So if you ask him anything, he will give you the honest answer. Who did you do the oath to? Himself. That's a good question. Got it. Oh, so, yeah. so he basically has to answer any question you put to him with the he honest He has taken answer. an oath of, oath of truth. Mm-hmm. And um, if he doesn't want to uh-huh. answer it, he will say, "My the, the truth is I don't want to tell don't you, but answer. I've taken this oath of truth and I will wow. tell you. So you do have to be careful what you ask because yeah. he will tell you. But, um, you know, as we were talking about chakras, I said, uh, you know, as, as a woman that's grown up in a really religious society, um, he... We've talked about sexual healing and sexual healers. I've never been to a sexual healer, but um, for a lot of women, their root chakra is numb. Like they don't feel anything in their root chakra. A lot of women don't experience orgasm through penetration because there is a lot of trauma in that chakra. Mm -hmm. And so it's become numb. And um, so for him, sexuality comes through the root chakra. And the, the purpose of tantric yoga, as I understand it, is to take that energy down there and to try and move it up to the higher chakras. But, you know, as I was talking to him and then later I went to go work out and work on a a run, I, I feel like it's the opposite. Like in order to, for me to activate that energy in the root chakra, and maybe it's because of some of the trauma that I have in that area, but I feel like you have to come through the heart or the crown chakra. You have to come through my brain or my heart in order to activate the root chakra. And, um, you know, I think about all of the stuff, tantric yoga and, and all of these philosophies, they were primarily written by men thousands and thousands of years ago. And so I think that that it, it kind of skews more towards a male experience. And so I kind of took two views of it. I'm like, there could be like a pathological way of viewing it that like my root chakra is a little more shut down. And that's why somebody has to connect with me through my, my heart and my crown chakra, or it could be, that's how I'm made that in order for me to feel that experience, you know, that ultimate sexual experience, that's how you, you get to that energy. It's so for tantric yoga, you're always trying to elevate the energy as if up is elevation where I kind of question it. Cause I'm wondering like maybe coming through my heart and my brain, my crown chakra energizes my root chakra and maybe for me that is ultimate energy maybe it also may be female i think you're right about uh, this being a male uh, designed mm-hmm. yeah. sort of practice yeah thousands of years ago yeah. i think you may be onto something maybe a book there about the female expression of yoga because i'm agreeing with the the root ba- that's mm-hmm. sort of me yeah i think come to, yeah. you can come to my root you're right it's, it's easily accessible <laughs> title right um yeah. yeah but so i feel you but what if you're in a situation where you're um romanticizing of anything uh, keeps you from actually um, 
seeing what's really there. That's a projection. Yeah. So that's and we talked about that too because this this uh, even is it always woman, a bad thing. Oh, it's can be a great thing. Yeah, yeah. something romanticizing your lot, your work life in a sense that where you really begin to feel this uh, this emotional uh, agreement with it when you like I'm, I'm in a good mood when I go to work. That's one thing, but romanticizing a past relationship into something that it really wasn't—it's a mirage. Can be and difficult. It's so and I see great that to so chase a mirage. Yeah. You know? What's what about that is so great? Just that that hope. I think of so, like of and I and the other thing, and I'll, I'll quit because I know you guys. No, no, no. no. Uh, but I think I think the thing for that Phil for the one woman that the even woman that has him on the even days yeah. is that you know we the thing that's so threatening is. There's this Taylor Swift song that's something about you looking into somebody's eyes and it looks like you're coming home. Have you ever had that experience yeah. where the minute you look into somebody's yeah. eyes, oh, yeah. it's like you're home? Oh, yeah. And I think that what's, I think at the bottom of it for her is envy. Like she, that's who he was for her. He was coming home for her. But then he found that in somebody else. And, and sometimes we even see it for other people that we're not even attracted to. And you just envy that, yeah, you know, because yeah, no, you, you had yeah. it and you lost it or you've never had it. And I think that's what we're all chasing is that ultimate experience of looking into somebody's eyes and it's just your home. It's that you don't even have to manufacture it. You're just connected yeah. on some level, an unspeakable divine level. But it's a wave. So I wanted to go back to the fact that we thought it was a good idea in the room. Absolutely. To introduce two people that are current, you're in current relationships with and thinking that it would go without any speed bumps. <laughs> that okay, is crazy. I'm going to call yeah, Dr. Can, Ken out already a, on his crazy. bias because <laughs> you are biased against polyamory. I think I am. So, I mean, wait, I think the idea (laughs) of being able to introduce two people from very different worlds when there's no emotional connection is always the same person, (laughs) the same world. Yeah. So someone that's someone that's like dating a bunch of people. Right. You feel like that's cool to just like introduce those two together as well. I mean, is there like certain things that they should do in order to be introduced? I mean, what's the ultimate goal? To, like, be open about it and have a threesome, right? Here's what I don't like about keeping it separate. It's territorial. It's the, They can't meet because, you know, you're getting territorial about genitalia. And I think when you demystify that, you know, it's just, you know, people having really great positive relationships. And these people know about each other is what you're saying? Like, all of them know about each other. Or have the two yeah, people? Yeah, there's no hiding. Yeah, it's all out in the open. Like th- maybe they're not going into detail. Like, oh, this is our position, our favorite position, and this is our favorite position. But it's just sorry, I we... can't see you Tuesday because I'm gonna be banging Susan, and then I'll see you Wednesday because I'm gonna be hooking well, up with Karen. Well, I also I think know. too, it does get tricky if you have one person that's polyamorous and then the other two are monogamous to that mm-hmm. one person. That gets tricky because two people are looking for their soul intimacy from one person. But if you're in a polyamorous relationship and, and two people happen to be having intimacy with the same person and they happen to meet, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's, and they might be seeing other people. I don't think it's such a big deal. I mean, I don't mean to, I'm not watering down the sexual experience. I actually am not. If anything, I'm trying to elevate it because I think that it is very special and intimate 
But at the same time, it doesn't have to be filled with jealousy and territorialism. I think I think my exact argument is that thinking that you can introduce two people that have a shared experience but don't know each other and that there's not going to be any type of conflict at all, I think is... There's uh, always going to be conflict whenever so, you have so people that's together my, in the room. That's my point. But, but what we were talking about is... That they were kind of surprised. I love it when Doctor Ken talks to me, like he's educating me. <laughs> what we were talking about, but like he's, he's really trying to convince. I feel like he's case, scolding you. In case right you now. don't remember what we were totally. arguing about, here's what we were arguing about: <laughs> <laughs> the idea that um, that there was kind of this this thought that there would be no uh, problems. And there was a shock when there was a problem. I thought it was a sweet projection because I think the guy introducing the two women was just so filled with love for each of them in different ways. Like you that give this to me kind of and be... you give this to me and you're so amazing and you're so amazing that, yeah, it came from a very pure, pure place of like, you know, if you meet, it would be great because we all feed love into each other. Mm-hmm. And and so that's how I think it made sense to him. Um, but I also think that the one person that had the most problem is using the relationship. I, I here I'm judging and I'm kind of like going out of my lane, but I think that she is using the relationship with this guy to fill her holes in herself. Mm. That, More words than one, right? That burr, 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 burr. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I like how was, I said plural too. Was, um, but the things that she feels like she lacks in herself, she's seeking in this relationship. Oh. And there, there are different ways you can go at a relationship. You can, you can, in some ways, we're attracted to people for the things that we feel like we lack: creativity, confidence, and so we are attracted and drawn to those people because we want them to fill those voids within ourselves. There's another place of relationship where it's celebration, where we, we stand in who we are and we're attracted to people that are different to us sometimes because we're like, this is who I am. I want something different. Something or, that adds to my Yeah, self. or that we feed off each other. We're, right. we're compatible and there's this yin and yang. And so I, I don't think that this one woman, as I, you know, as I got to know, as I was talking to the the man in this um, situation, I don't think he was aware that she had these these kind of internal psychological holes or voids. Mm. I I think he projected his own confidence and stability onto her, and she kind of matched him in that language. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he was shocked when the three of them got together and it ended up being this horrible experience yeah. that was very upsetting to her. Well, I think that brings up a really good point with relationships in general and why so many arguments happen from relationships is when you're so close to someone and they don't see exactly eye to eye on an issue that you do, you're it's it's really hard for you to understand because you go we are so together in this and we're so compatible, but why are we so far off on this? To where if you had an argument with somebody that you weren't as close with, mm-hmm. you'd be like, well, yeah, they're an idiot. Or well, you just kind of move on or, or, you know, you don't expect them to have the same viewpoint as you. Is there an expectation that you would want the person you're in a relationship with to have the same view? I think subcon- unconsciously or subconsciously there is. Yeah. Because you're so close, you're so compatible in so many ways that when you hit some area where you're no longer compatible, 
on a certain issue, it's really jarring and really confusing to I you think as it's a an male, individual. I think that's a male version of that. What's the female I think, version? Because I think males are used to being dominant and so or at least having people project dominance onto them. And so they want people and expect people to agree with them. I think women are used to having people disagree mm-hmm. with them. Um, and they're I think they're because of that. They're, they're not as threatened by disagreement. You know, they just like it's it as, not as jarring I for them to yeah. if they're super compatible. That's just kind of part that's of just the, a, a different way of viewing it. Uh-huh. But what they they want is still the connectedness that even though we disagree, I still feel connected to you. You still love me or you still respect me or you still care about me. So, so what do you make of this example we were talking about? Because it seems like the guy was more like that in this case to yeah. some extent. I'm a little worried right now about FDA because he's been so quiet and I think I need to pass him some Kleenex. How are you doing, yeah, FDA? I know. I'm good. I'm just like taking it all in. in. Yeah. yeah I, I, did your pen run out of ink? I mean, I, okay? I just feel like the guy came from a really selfish place. and he's coming Do you from, really? Yeah, absolutely. And coming from me, that says a lot, right? So, a little bit. Yeah, I, I know. My jaw's on the floor. Well, because you were talking about how people can grab or gravitate towards different people for certain things, right? That they're maybe missing from somebody else. Yeah. Now, why would you think it's okay to bring those two separate entities and try to put them together, especially if they're two separate people, two individuals trying to mesh them together to form one? That well, I sounds don't think like he it's forced it. I think he. I, asked but it sounds like he kind of did, though. Like, hey, would you guys like to meet the other person that okay, I'm sleeping with? I want to get at why you think he's selfish, though. Like. Because what? he wants his, his everything. He wants it all. And he wants, he wants to be able to, to enjoy it all. He wants the experience that he's having. Right. Uh. But maybe they don't want that. Maybe I, they're enjoying their own experiences about what's happening with him. Uh, and they didn't want I to have to bring in another person. Well, well I, I think he ties that to his worldview of that it's all love. It's all, you know. Sounds very self-centered. I it sounds like it's coming from a place of like this openness and I'm, I'm out there and very spiritual but he's using that in a way to so kind of get what he wants. Very manipulative. All the right things, but for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. Yes. Okay, I can see yeah, that I think point. the selfishness comes from the fact that being uh, surprised that there was any sort of issue. Right. It was a selfishness of this is perfect from my viewpoint, and there's no way that that can change by adding two uh, people that I have no idea if they're compatible with each other. They're compatible with me. I know they care about me and they do things for me. So of course they love each other or care about each other. I I think he's selfish because he has one already, wants a second one, and I'm single. (laughs) 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 You already got one. Okay, would you say the same thing if it was reversed, if it was a woman who was polyamorous and who had two male partners Mm -hmm. and wanted, not wanted, but thought it would be a good idea for the two men to meet? Would you think that's selfish still? I think it'd be weird if she didn't realize, like, why isn't this working out? Like, I had no clue yeah. that these guys wouldn't get along. Like, what is going on here? I don't think he was clueless. Maybe I'm making it sound like he was shocked. He wasn't shocked, but I think I think he went into this. He had asked each of them. They said, sure, yeah, let's like, do this. Like, kind of disappointed more than yeah, anything, Yeah, and maybe. I think, again, it goes back to, you know, because I'm a woman, I tend to be, I think I self, you know, like, a uh, little candid moment. I probably tend to be harder on women, but I think that the one person that really had a hard time with it, I kind of put the onus on her to kind of know, you know, like, no, I'm not comfortable with this. And I know I don't want to do this. Instead, she said, yeah, let's do it. I'm totally comfortable. And then, you know, you can't always know how you're going to feel in, in certain situations though. You can, you know, I've been in that place where you, 
you not in that place that we're talking about, but <laughs> at least you <laughs> at know least not yet. thinking I, I do this to myself. I'm like, yeah, I can totally run this marathon. I can totally climb this mountain, you know, and then I get to my you know, I I, I hiked the Grand Canyon and one day I went down and up, you know, and it doesn't matter when you're at mile, you know, out of the seventeen miles you're at mile fourteen, like there's nobody nobody's gonna come get you. Like you you gotta do it. Yeah. But I don't think I knew how I was going to feel at mile Yeah, 14. and I think that without being gender specific here, I think all of us have done certain things for people that we've cared about or been in a relationship with that we really didn't want to do. But we agreed to do it because we wanted to make the other person happy. And then we end up doing it, we resent them, or we get super pissed about it. And then we get really hurt. And it seems like in this situation, that happened to one of the, the girls here. So with Dr. Ken, though, I hear you saying you don't think it's possible, really, for... In, in a universe of the of three people, polyamorous people to meet and be okay with. Each I think other. it's I think it's one hundred percent possible. I think the idea that there will be no speed bumps along the way is uh, quite naive. Take take the polyamory out of it. If you have two best friends that are from completely different walks of life, and you introduce them together. You never know if they're going to get along and the three of you are going to have the same amount of fun that you guys each have individually. Right, but nobody would say that that's like a really bad idea. I think most people would say, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, you guys should hang out together. And yes, there's going to be speed bumps. So why? So when if it's sexualized, why is that? more of an issue i just think there's more emotion involved when there's when there are sexual encounters if you ever want to observe bringing people together check out a bachelor or bachelorette party and that's people from different worlds coming together for one person that's Mm -hmm. your favorite thing and they go off on each other i've Mm -hmm. heard so many people fighting and hating each other and it ruins a lot of stuff especially if it's like a family member or like soon-to-be family member and then you have your best friends from home and you have your friends from right. or whatever it is and try to bring that together. When you add love, when you when there when it's something like partying, there are issues that come up at a bachelor party. When you add love and emotion on top of that and sex and sex, mm-hmm. the fireworks erupt. Especially if you are connected to that person and then you see them connecting with somebody else too. In that same way, I just think there's more layers. I don't think it's impossible at all. I think it. Um, I, I mean, I'm all for times it. More the merrier. I think there. I think there are obviously times where all of this works. You know, it. I just think that without. Uh, Do you really think that? I there was going to say no. Where... He doesn't believe that. <laughs> You're trying to it. sound like so progressive. Like there's oh, something. Love. It could work at any time. <laughs> I'm not saying it for doesn't you? work. Nope. See, in other words, yeah. No, so okay. I am. I do have a bias. He does have a bias um, for? Or How about you? With it? Do you ever but, be in a polyamorous relationship? Could you uh, see yourself? No, because I wouldn't want everyone knowing about it. Like I would like to date multiple people and keep that very separate. Keep it separate. Yeah, I would not want to have all of that going on. Whoa. Yeah. I, I don't know where I headaches. sit with it. It's kind of it, it sort of crept into my world with some friends that were like, "This is really working." And it worked well for twenty-one years. And then the nastiest breakup you ever want to see uh, about it, right? And then one that ended up together and then one that excluded and, ah, uh, it's just nasty stuff. So uh, my score is still, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it never, I don't care how, six, 21 years is a long time. But it didn't work out. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm a nihilist. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, uh, my significant other has met 
previous significant others, and it's it's good times. It's like we're yeah, all never at together. the same time under the sheets. I right? guess so. <laughs> like n- maybe never at the same time. But again, you know, I have a whole TED talk in me about the territorialism assigned to people's genitalia Odd. because I get I, I, like I, I track title, this I track good. this in my head like how many people engage me and talk to me about the things that have gone in or go out of my vagina. You know, like, who are you married to? Who are you dating? How many kids do you have? You know, I'm like, do you care about what goes in and out of my brain? Do you go- care what goes in and out of my mouth? No. All you want to talk Maybe. about are Maybe. even the- <laughs> <laughs> some other holes, too. Right? Is there a long yeah. list? <laughs> but I mean, by and large, when people are getting to know me, all they want to talk about are the things that have come in and out of my vagina really? or the things that I haven't owned. Wow. And and I Wait, in I, that order? <laughs> not, I don't know. <laughs> I am making so. such an ama- <laughs> I am making Please such answer this an question amazing here. point right now. <laughs> anyway. That wraps up another segment of Relationship 911. You can hear us anytime on podcast on iTunes or mixpad.com for free. Just search Relationship 911. Relationship 911 is produced by Danny Lumos Creative and the LA Radio Studio. Producer Mike Stark. Executive producers Anita Hamilton and Danny Social media coordinator Amanda De La Torre. Our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles all Relationship 911. And our email is relationship911 at gmail.com.